Good evening. Today is Monday, August 15th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's um, chapters are the relationship chapters, and our speaker is Debbie F. Thank you, Debbie. Hi, I'm Debbie, recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic. Thank you, Francesca, for asking me to um, come and share some, hopefully some, definitely some experience, so hopefully some strength and hope. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, the family afterwards is what I was uh, told to uh, kind of focus on. So just really briefly, I was, I've been in program 11 year, over a little, a little over 11 years. Um, next month, one day at a time, I will have 11 years of abstinence. And um, thank you. Um, and it really has um, changed my attitude towards and, and um, this kind of family afterwards. And the way I came into um, the rooms, my attitude was that my disease had nothing to do with anyone else. It was no one's business. It didn't affect anyone. I wasn't um, causing any outward problems, you know, and and um, that it really wasn't, like I just said, anyone's business. And the truth is that I came into the rooms because I was I was a newlywed. I'm with my partner 19 years, but we were we had just gotten married, you know, so I've been able to, we just had our 12 year anniversary. Um, and I was just waiting for him to go to bed at the end of the night so I could be with my food and my TV and whatever else I could check out on life with. And I was so resentful when he was not going to bed. And wow, you mean he wanted to actually spend time with his wife? <laughs> like what a concept. And my body would just freeze up with um, anger and resentment. And, and that's that is part of the family disease of compulsive eating is that I don't know how to be intimate. It doesn't matter how long I've been with someone, but to actually let someone see me and know how I feel and what I'm going through, that's what the food did for me and did for decades. And, and I could hide out in that and just stuff all my feelings um, you know, crunch out my anger, throw up my throw up anger, <laughs> status, whatever it is I was doing, over exercising, you know, waking up and feeling, you know, incomprehensible demoralization. Um, and without a knowledge of this, of the, of overeaters anonymous in a 12 step program, it was shaming and blaming myself and my choices were, do I stay in bed and, you know, just cover myself with the covers or do I go for a run and do damage control? That's kind of how I lived my life and then restrict throughout the day, bank my calories for the night <laughs> and, you know, rinse, repeat. Um, and that, again, like I said, went on for decades and in various fashions of, cons of you know, various forms of bulimia I'll just say all of it um you know I like the tried and true just stick fingers down throat but um but as I got older that would take a hiatus and then whack-a-mole and then it was like restricting um and so um but with that um getting to um once I found the rooms again because I I did um you know I found the rooms I was reluctant 
I was auditing. I'd like to say, <laughs> what am I going to get out of this thing? And, uh, but once I decided to, you know, find a sponsor and started working the steps, um, I haven't looked back. Um, I was on a fellowship call today and someone called and asked like, well, have you left at any time? I'm like, no, because it just was, this has been my solution. It's been so much more than just the food. The food was my solution to life. This food was my solution to my family. Um, the first uh, four-step inventory that I did, there was just, just resentment. It was all family stuff, all old, old, decades old stuff, but it was still there. Right. And I got to just release all of that, let it go and start to learn the process of forgiving myself and, um, and showing up in my family, um, as, as at that time, the, the 40 year old woman I was or whatever, you know, and not the, the 13 year old girl. And, um, it, it's been one day at a time as far as that process and being able to show up the more that I've done the steps and gone through and, 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 you know, layers of the onion have been removed. I've been able to do that more and more. And um, in the, in the chapter, you know, there's a lot in here. I haven't read it in kind of this thoroughness in a while to be, that's, that's my honest truth that's being recorded. Um, but, um, but there's a lot in it. And it talks a lot about what, what came to me was that this really is a family disease, that everyone um, is affected by the, the alcoholic behavior. Um, and, and that we all have an opportunity to practice a spiritual program and a way of life. Now, it's not contingent upon that. Me as a compulsive overeater, my recovery is not dependent upon, um, you know, my partner or my family of origin. Um, I don't have kids, so how this talks about, but um, my family of origin, as far as them doing anything different that I know of, but I do know that as I've practiced my program and, you know, it says we practice these principles in all our affairs. And so this is part of that, all our affairs <laughs> is that my relationships have changed. Um, just a, some, I guess I'll throw out some examples. I felt like this chapter talks a lot about, these are some of the things we've experienced. Maybe if we share these things, maybe you don't have to go through the same, um, you know, share, you know, things we did maybe, you know, and so, um, let's see, um, what, what do I, what's coming to me? So I'll just share it. I don't know why, but I'm a younger sister. There's two sisters. And so naturally in that, at least for me, there was this like looking up to my sister as being, there's a certain family dynamic um, and it's easy to fall into, it has been easy to fall into that when our entire family of origin is together. And, and it's probably coming up because I'm driving up to see them that's this weekend. That's, I'm sure that's why it's coming up. <laughs> but, um, but early in program, I remember there being a time and, and um, on the phone with my sister and we don't fight a lot because we don't talk about things, right? No conflict means we just like, we just don't talk about things. <laughs> Um, but I was on the phone with my sponsor afterwards, like, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. And these absolutes, um, and 
and her reminding, you know, perhaps maybe not never, you don't know, like in this moment, you know, you're, <laughs> you're upset or, you know, it feels like conflict. So that I didn't like that. Um, but that, that never, um, she was right. My relationship with my sister has changed and I no longer, she is my older sister biologically, but I can show up in our relationship and have a separate relationship with her that's developed that is completely separate from my parents. And that just wasn't the case before coming to these rooms. Um, I had no sense of myself, my own identity. And so a lot of that, uh, the family afterwards has finding out who am I as Debbie? Um, and um, what, what else? Um, in terms of the food and how it affected my family, you know, for a long time, like I'd said, if people brought up my, my eating disorder, um, my body, my body was made fun of, commented a lot on as I grew up and I got very defensive about it. And then when, um, there were times when I had, um, when my eating disorder, I felt like was, you know, the shaming, blaming the things we get, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you blah, 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 all the, the, you know, the things we hear in the rooms, I just, I shut off, you know, and shut it down. And so in, in recovery, as I got less attached to what my family was saying, it didn't necessarily change the way they knew how to talk to me, you know, because they were used to a certain way of being treated um, when they taught, brought up things that now. And so it, it's like kind of learning a new dance and a new language as far as me being able to say, either deflect or like not take things personally, walk out of the room, whatever it is, the tools I get, you know, actually saying, hey, none of my, my business to the point where now when comments are made about either my body or frankly, my, I, I think there is some, I learned some ways of talking about my body, about other people's bodies from my family. So the disease could be there. I don't know. But what I can see it now is that oh, I'm a reflection of my mom. So perhaps when she's making these comments, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Maybe it's you're at 10 minutes. Thank you so much. Um, and find that love and compassion and to practice, you know, some of these principles that I learn. Um, and again, it's having tools. And this has been over, you know, like I said, 11 years. Of, of practicing. So that very first trip I took home, um, I was just thinking about the prayer because before I, I was nervous before I came in. And so one of the first prayers before I even had any conception of a God, um, <laughs> of, you know, my choosing, um, um, my sponsor, I was driving to go visit my parents and I was just feeling all this anxiety. I had my husband, I was like, I have to pull over. And I called my sponsor and she just gave me this simple prayer that I still use today. And it's so I'll share it here. Uh, God, please take my thoughts, my words, my actions. Let me think your thoughts, speak your words, and do your actions. And it's so simple. It just gives me this kind of sense like, oh, yeah, I'm not alone. And that was the prayer that brought me into that very first home visit when I was first new in program. And, and that was the start of the change. Um, um, 
what do I want to say? Um, one, if you're new and you've never read this one, the language is, is very old fashioned. So, <laughs> you know, get just set aside any of that. And um, as I was like, oh, yeah, this is um, there. There is some dated language in here. <laughs> And I get to look at uh, the principles in the writing, right? Not focus on what's doesn't work for me, which I'm very good at doing. I'm very practiced at like what doesn't work for me. <laughs> so I get to practice um, what resonates with me. Um, let's see. What, what jumped out? There was, like I said, there was a lot. Uh, it talks a lot about spiritual principles again like spiritual spiritual principles and practice comes before anything else um or else it's not for me it's not going to last um i have been a 12 step fanatic with my with my husband and like there's this thing it's great or there's this workshop or i learned this or blah 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 you know and getting to learn that you know what i have my own higher power my partner has their own conception and that's none of my business, <laughs> you know? And the truth is I have another program to help me <laughs> stay on course, you know? Cause again, this is a family disease. So I am an addict and I am, um, I live with an addict, which is myself. Um, but I will just say, you know, without um, saying anything else is that, uh, I get to keep the focus on myself. You know, I get to practice my program um, and demonstrate. Um, there was something in here. I can't exactly find it, but that um, what, what stood out for me was that it's not about necessarily what I say, it's about actions. You know, actions speak louder than words. And so a lot of that, again, has been um, in in making amends to my family has been living amends, you know, and that's how, again, how it started for me as far as how can I show up and not blow up and, or just cause more wreckage. Um, how can I practice being loving and tolerant with my partner? And he's, I like, I like to say he's where I get to practice the most with because I live with him <laughs> and um, our, our um what do I want to sometimes I lose track of time when there's these shares on it. Where am I? What's what am I even talking about? Okay, let's come back, Debbie. <laughs> um, what I want to say is there's been night and day change, is that my level of being able to show up and be honest and intimate um with my partner um has been it's, it's night and day, you know, um, I don't blame him for my food, which I used to do. That's just a way a the disease can show up is <laughs> like making him responsible for my food choices and, and, um, you know, having him hide food for me and then getting mad when he won't give it to me, you know, I'm being able to practice things where he's, he's a personal trainer and, and knowing that for me, five minutes, thank you, is something that can be a touchy subject. So, um, being able to, to see where my disease comes into play. And it's like, I want suggestions, but no, but I actually, I don't want any, okay. I got to not have to have, I got to be able to speak lovingly and like get clarity with what do I need? 
um, and, and then learn to actually express that in a loving and kind way. Um, let's see, what, what else? Yeah, in terms of the family afterward, it's a process. It's a process and a practice. And I, I loved the, pre, the, the preamble that was read. I don't think I've ever heard that. And it was just lovely. And it's, it said in there, like, as non-denominational people, and on page 132, it says, as non-denominational people, we cannot make up other people's minds for them, <laughs> you know? Um, and let's see. And it's it's so open and, like, you know, seek outside help if you need to. It talks about that in here. Mm -hmm. um, and that this is, and it talks about we're not a glum lot, you know, that, and oh, wait, and for, food for me is very serious. Like I've gone to AA meetings and people are laughing and their drunkologues are very amusing, but foodologues, not so much. I mean, I can, I could make it, I can laugh now at certain things, but it's not, it's mm -hmm. laughing for pain, you know? So I think what it is, is, and it talks about again in this, in this chapter about like, we can share, let, let, we can let this help someone else. You know, there can be fun in it in that um, if I share that I'm driving down the 405 in LA, like 90, 100 miles an hour, you know, drunk and sticking my fingers out of my throat because I don't want to pull over because I'm going to throw up. Like there's some humor in that now, but also that's kind of messed up. That's, <laughs> that's some disease in action, <laughs> um, you know? And so I share that to say like, wherever we are, to, you're not alone. Right. We all are in this together. We all are disease and manifest in different ways, shapes, forms. And if nothing I've shared resonates, that's great because there's so many other people um, in these rooms. And that, at least for me, um, I don't see myself ever leaving because it's given me so much a life beyond the food. And that, in my opinion, is what this program is about. It's about finding, having a relationship with a higher power, whatever my conception is, so that I can have relationships with you all, you know, the people around me. Um, and so I think that's probably close to my time. So I will leave it at that. And just really grateful to be here and um, be on this meeting. So thank you. Thank you, Debbie. And uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and question should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a three minute, three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. And uh, first we have Allie, uh, please share. Hi everybody, hi Debbie. Oh my gosh, it's so great to hear your story. It's so great to see you Francesca. I, my name is Allie, I'm a compulsory reader. Um, I just had a question because I so related to just so much of your story, Debbie. <clears throat> my question is, when you were sharing about um, 
you know, you wanted your husband to go to bed so he could eat and you were afraid to let down, you know, and be intimate with somebody. Um, I'm trying to piece the question together so it makes sense. Were you talking about like just those sharing those feelings with him of like what what exactly was the letdown of like I feel like this doesn't make any sense. Um, how did you finally? How are you able to be intimate with people um, without the numbing of the food? And that is my question. Thank you, Ali, for your question. Um, I had to put down the food. <laughs> that's, that's, and, um, and so that process for me was when I put down the food and then I still had all those feelings. For me, the tool of writing has been um, instrumental in my in this entire time in, in program. And so um, when I, at that point, I was committing my food in the, um, before, um, but yeah, in the beginning of the day. And so I'm a good girl. I didn't want to like, you know, mess up, you know? And so when like my food was over and I didn't want to go to the food, except I, that was my only solution. I picked up pen and paper and I just would write. I had no idea how much anger I was, I was holding in. That's the truth. And sometimes it was just scribbles would come out because I didn't, I couldn't express it even. Um, and so that is still something that for me, as far as writing and, and the, my process of writing and doing the 10 steps is that when I have that feeling of like, anytime I'm restless, irritable, discontent, it's like, ugh, it's like pen, and, pen to paper, what is going on? And that's helped me in terms of my relationship to not react to whatever it is my husband may have done, which is a lot of it when, when it was visceral, a lot of times it's, it's a historical reaction that has nothing to do with what he's done, but it has given me opportunity to say like, okay, is this something that I can express? Um, but in a calmer manner and just kind of take that, <laughs> take the sting out of things. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so hopefully that answered your question. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you, Allie. And next we have Betty. Unmuted. Hi, everybody. I'm Betty, recovered compulsive eater in Florida. Um, thank you so much for your share. I, I could relate. There were so many pearls that you, I wrote them down. There were so many things you said that um, I could relate to. And I, too, my, my disease progressed um, into night eating, which was truly a nightmare. And, um, you know, I knew a long time ago that my fat and my disease were all barriers, were all barriers. That's how much anger I had. Um, I've heard it said that all the fat I carried was all the anger I carried. And that's true because it all came out in my fourth step, that's for sure, and still does in 10 step. But um, as far as relationships, what I'm learning um, in recovery is that just because I'm changing, I can't expect everybody else to change at warp speed. You know, they don't have a program. Um, so it's basically 
what changes is when is my response rather than my reactions to other people, especially, of course, those we love the most, I love the most, my family. And I'm finding that, you know, when I slip into my back into my old behavior of reacting, it just, it just feels awful now because I don't have anything, you know, I don't have anything, I don't, I choose not to go to the food. So I, it's like, I, I want to work through it. And of course I want to do it as quickly as possible because I don't like the dis-ease or the discomfort, but, um, but I'm learning in program in relationships that um, more about myself that I did not want to know. I blocked it out. I, that's what food did for me. It blocked everything out, all my feelings about myself and everybody else. Because if I didn't have to feel, then I didn't have to feel pain. And I could just pretend I was happy all the time. Didn't work. Didn't work. So, um, oh, and also when you said the practice principles in all our affairs, well, boy, who's the best people? Who are the best people to practice these principles with? My family, of course. So it, it is good practice. It's hard. It's hard work. Um, I'm just like starting to do all this work again. Um, but it's so worth it because I can go to bed at night with peace in my heart to know that I've done the best and worked my program as best as I could for the day. Not that I didn't make mistakes, but I've dealt with them. And thank God to my higher power and all, all of you, newcomers, old people, old comers, recovered, struggling, whatever, it all, all, all this sharing and strength and hope is, is the way to go in the steps. Thank you so much. Pass. Thank you, Betty. And next we have Meredith. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Debbie. That was such a great and helpful share. Um, this is a really hopeful thing for me. Um, I, I came into, into OA and I've been in over a decade, but I only just a couple of months ago started working with a big book sponsor. And I feel like this is the first time I've truly worked this program. Um, it just feels so different and it's really real. Um, it's, and I'm, I'm seeing the changes in my life. I have a 17, almost 18 year old son. Uh, and, um, he did something really bad last week. I'm talking kind of quiet cause he's near somewhere, but he, he really betrayed my trust. And, um, <laughs> it was a miracle how I dealt with it. I, I just can't even, I can't even take responsibility for it. It was total God. Um, I didn't, I didn't rage. I didn't react. In fact, I told him to leave, um, because I wasn't in a good place. <laughs> and, um, it, it turned out great actually. And it's, it's really opened up doors, um, that needed to be opened. And just this time around in program is just freeing me up to, um, I could just see, I don't know how messed up I was. I couldn't, I couldn't see beyond my, myself and self-righteousness and 
how I thought things were supposed to be. And um, so I'm, I'm on step six right now. And, um, but I'm already just experiencing so much light and recovery. It's, it's quite amazing. I almost can't believe it, but, um, and I'm just so grateful that this time in my son's life, like he's about to fly the coop and I can, we can mend things and grow a connection that maybe that, that really wasn't there. Oh, I just wanted to say too, that, um, you know, I'm required to spend time with God every day. And, you know, it's building a relationship with him. And I looked at my relationship with my son as so incidental just because we live under the same roof and that takes work too. So we're connecting. I, you know, we're gonna have a time set aside just one hour, at least a week, um, just sit and stare at the wall if that's what we want to do, but, or doodle on a sheet of paper. Um, but his life is a reminder. Thank you. His life is busy. He's going to graduate. And anyway, we're just going to do it. And I'm so happy. Thanks you guys. Thank you, Meredith. And next we have Kristen. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, I'm Kristen, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, thank you so much for your service, everybody, and thank you for your lead. I have been thinking about how I relate to the world and how it's changed. So I remembered when I was young and I was talking to people in the office about families and you know, I related to their stories about their kids with my experiences as a child and their stories about their husbands and wives with my experience with my parents' marriage. And as I got older, my friends started having their own children and I was still relating to them with my experiences as a child. And they started having marriages and I still related to them with my parents' marriage because I was incapable of having those kind of relationships of my own because I was arrested at the level of maturity when my disease really started to kick in. And I was incapable of having a relationship with another human. Um, I had friendships, but they weren't great friendships. I wasn't a very good friend. And I look at where my relationship, my life is now because of this program. And I have my own relationship with a man. I probably won't have kids, um, but, uh, and that's just such a blessing that now when people talk about their relationships, I can share about mine. And I think about how wonderful that is and how healthy the relationship is because it was born while I was in recovery and the work, you know, that this program brings me. And I'm just so grateful. And um, I do am working on redefining the kind of relationship I have in my family, with my family, um, my boyfriend went home with me and he pointed out, why are you staying in this house? They're mean to you. Why don't you stay at a hotel? And I thought, what? I didn't even think that was an option, but it is. I stay at hotels all the time. And so seeing that reflected in his eyes 
is helping me redefine those relationships and set up boundaries that I haven't been felt safe to set up. And all of that's because of the 12 steps and because of the higher, my higher powers presence in my life. And, you know, when I was new in the program, all I wanted to do was put the food down and stop obsessing about the food. That's all I wanted. I had no idea that six years later, I'd be in a loving, caring relationship that I was actually incapable of before because I was so sick. And so if you're new and you're like, why are they talking about this? I just want to stop eating. This is all the crap that happens once you stop eating. This is the good stuff. I got to stop eating and I get to do things I never thought were possible for me. And that's the blessings of this program. So thank you so much for letting me share and I pass. Kristen, and next we have Subin. Hi, I'm Subin, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Debbie, um, for your service tonight. Um, I loved what you said about this disease being a family disease and how you know you didn't think that it affected your families when you're in your disease and you saw like when you put the food down. Oh, it was kind of funny because I was like not thinking, oh, you know, I, I don't think like since I made, um, like I made amends to my mom years ago, but I struggled a lot with abstinence and I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I don't, don't think like, cause I don't, li- I didn't, I, I don't live with her. And, and I'm like, I don't think like, you know, we're not like fighting anymore. So I was like, I don't really cause that much conflict. And then like this the other day, like she texted me this whole slew of like, what <laughs> I can't make her angry. And I keep making her angry and I'm like holy moly like it wasn't a higher power thing I'm like yeah this is the thing that you've been doing like <laughs> so um yeah I'm um I put the food down recently again and like yeah I just have a lot of living amends to make to my family too um you know she was complaining about how I don't spend time with her and stuff so yeah that's a living amend that I'll have to work on but um yeah uh, I want to actually have a question for you I you said the process of forgiving yourself you said process of forgiving myself and I kind of wanted to ask you like how you did that and if you could talk a little bit about that a little bit thank you yeah thank you for the question did I say that forgiving myself yes I probably did because I feel like this is a process of forgiving myself for all the abuse that this that I inflicted upon myself um, for this disease Um, you know the level of hatred that I had for myself and can still you know I don't know if I go to hatred anymore, but um, old messages, old patterns of thinking, I'll say that. Um, you know, I feel like, at least for me, the way my disease showed up, it's, it's very violent. I mean, sticking your fingers down your throat is one of the, is an incredibly violent act. And, um, and hating my body, you know, wanting to get in a car crash. So this is the mentality of thinking so that my, I'm, I have bowed legs. At least that's what I was told as that <laughs> all my life. And there was something wrong with that was like wanting to get in a car accident so they could re- be reconstructed straight. Like that's the level of like unacceptance of myself um, that I feel like for me is like learning how to love myself again in this program. Like, can I accept myself for whatever size, weight, um, you know, whatever the scale says? Um, can am I lovable? beyond all of that and and so that's what this has been I think I'm answering the question but that's been what I what I kind of what I meant by that um and the process of working the steps has helped that you know and it's been you know things like um for a long time I didn't weigh myself 
for, for decades, because again, I got to kind of a goal weight, which was really kind of, I was way too skinny, <laughs> but in program. And then that didn't change anything that didn't magically like make my life better, you know? So seeing like, oh, there's a relationship. I don't, I don't need that. That's just, it's information that I used as ammunition. Um, and same with mirrors. They were like fun house mirrors to me, you know? So having to get away from mirrors and um, and then be able to slowly come back to them and see myself with some perspective and like truth. Um, and and I, yeah, so that's some of the journey of like learning how to love myself and just, you know, it's like we're human. We, like, we learn in these programs, like we're all human. You know, I have feelings and feeling a feeling doesn't mean that I've done something wrong. And that's just that's messaging that I got. <laughs> And, and that's just one that I get to keep surrendering to my higher power, right? Like, that's not truth. That's not truth. What's um, learning how to actually talk to myself kindly um, has been a process through the 12 steps, you know, at first when it was like, do affirmations. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's just a lie, you know, and I wasn't willing because it just seems so stupid. <laughs> but along the way through recovery, like, hey, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to like, hey, I can actually say good job, Debbie, <laughs> you know. Um, and um, it's a practice. That's another part of the practice, you know, um, of the program for me. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Debbie. We will now um, stop the recording for unrecorded questions and shares.